ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा जय टू यू फ्रेंड्स आई वुड लाइक टू रीड स्टैंड थर्टी फ्रॉम द भगवदगीता चैप्टर टू Krishna is giving Arjuna different reasons to be even-minded, not to grieve and get upset. And uh, his arguments are disjointed because they're each one particular. So he'll say on the one hand, even if you don't believe in the self, on the other hand, he's assuming that you do believe in the self. And here he's saying something that somebody who doesn't believe in anything couldn't believe, couldn't accept. But as I say, it's not a wholly logical argument it's not a logical development it's not meant to be it's meant to touch on different points of reasoning that one of which may get through in this one it says o bharata arjuna there is one self dwelling in all that self is inviolable grieve not therefore for anything that occurs outwardly in the manifested world now if you don't believe in the self you won't think that it's just one self you the people who don't believe in them in their own life after death how are they going to believe that there's a self in everything so you see it's a different argument here but it's a very important one that in all of us there is one life and that same life is appeared as trees is appeared as hedgehogs as cockroaches and as human beings and uh, <clears throat> all these different human beings the vast variety it's really an amazing experience to go into a city and look carefully at the people you see there's so many different types and you can see that they could not have developed those types of consciousness just because of their genes it's not a physical thing that could have created those the subtler has power over the over the grosser as i've said repeatedly and so everything that uh, people are they've been developing over many incarnations so that they will have little um uh tendencies in one direction or another or i mean mozart who created uh, wrote a symphony i think when he was 5 years old he had to have been a musician a composer for many lifetimes to have reached that point that kind of skill can't but cannot be contained in some biological gene or a dna that's just ridiculous but he did carry that consciousness with him over those many lives and so you see that there's some people who uh, automatically understand they understand the nature of this world that it is full of pain and suffering and it may be that uh, you've come to that point of sophistication in your own search where even a little bit of pain is enough to make you realize make you reflect oh but that's the nature of this world i don't want anything to do with it you came in with some hope your parents were all were all cheering you when you came into this world and everybody was so happy to see the little baby paul or whatever and uh, then you've grown up and everything seems to be somewhat encouraging but then people don't always treat you nicely people aren't always kind you'll have bullies in your school maybe you'll have people who disagree with you 
Bit by bit, you may get sick, you may find some disappointment. It doesn't take much for a sensitive soul to suddenly realize, no, this is not for me. There was one child in our community at Ananda who, with just a little disappointment, said, Mother, I don't want this world. It's not going to give me what I want. Well, he's an evolved soul. He has that sensitivity to understand that this is the nature of life. You don't have to go, if you get your hand burned by a stove, you don't have to go to many stoves and get burned all over again by each of them. You know that stoves burn, and you know that certain experiences give you suffering. And so by the experience of others, by comparison, this is the advantage of living in society and seeing other people and having experiences through the senses. Bit by bit, those experiences, those contacts, they awaken something in you. <clears throat> but Krishna is saying here, there is one self underlying everything. This is a basic teaching in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Upanishads, in the Vedas. There is one truth that pervades everything, one consciousness that pervades everything. And all lives really are only like waves on that great ocean. Now, how do we reach that state? How do we come to this understanding that, that uh, it's true? Well, when you have an experience, he says that self is inviolable. You can't violate it. You can't disappoint it. You can't hurt it. Well, think of it. This is a very good practice for you. When, when anything disappoints you, ask yourself, is this really hurting me? I continue past this experience. I will live even if I'm killed. And if I fail, if I lose my limbs, nothing is completely lost. I've seen people who were lame who somehow picked up the pieces again. I've seen people who went blind, and when they finally adjusted to that reality, it didn't change the fact that they were alive and conscious, and they were able to function very well. In fact, some of them supremely well. Great handicaps are sometimes the, uh, the lesson you need, the refinement you need, whatever it be. It's like honing a knife to make it sharp. It helps to make your discrimination sharp. Many times those who have great misfortunes come out on top in the world. Those who fail repeatedly are often the ones who finally win. You know, Abraham Lincoln was defeated in office and every attempt to get into office again and again and again until finally, almost by accident, he became in many ways our greatest president. But failure is not the important thing. Always go back and say, has it really affected me? Nothing can really affect you. You may lose all your money, but you're still living. You can go back and fight. Many people are crushed and broken by the tests of life, but your inner self cannot be violated. It cannot be affected by anything outside. And the more you discriminate that way, and the more you think in terms of, who am I really? And if I go to the hospital with something, I'm still the same fellow. They may have taken an arm off or a kidney out or whatever it be, but I'm still here. And so bit by bit you begin to understand, well, I'm not this body. I'm not these personality traits. It's something deeper in me. And the deeper and deeper you go, the more you will realize that there is no cause for lament. Grieve not, therefore, 
or anything that occurs outwardly in the manifested world. And I pointed out the importance of not grieving. And we could say just as the, just the opposite side, but the story here in the Gita is about Arjuna's lament. So that's why he's talking of grieving. But don't rejoice either. When you go to a, when you see a television program and see people jumping up and down with glee because they won something in the lottery, you know, it's been discovered that people who win huge sums in the lottery in almost all cases lose it very quickly. Don't think in terms of outward gain. Think in terms of something that doesn't need a gain, that you are what you are, whatever you are, whether rich or poor, old or young, male or female, American, French, Indian, doesn't matter. But you are something inside, a germ of reality that cannot be squashed, that cannot be downtrodden, that cannot be violated. And so knowing that, let nothing touch you. If the greatest, you must learn, as Master put it, as my guru put it, learn to stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. Joy to you.